This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. The focus of Yildiz's work has always been on helping herself and others to fulfill our potential in becoming empowered to live more satisfied and meaningful lives. Mental health professionals often maintain a sense of loyalty to their chosen modality that may become a restriction to exploring other ways of working or thinking. Yildiz's work invites you to come out of your school of thought, at least for a while, and explore what is taking place in terms of innovation and development in the psychotherapy world and the formation of new approaches. New approaches are taking what is of value from each of the major strands of former approaches and integrating them into new modalities so as to provide a means to improve their effectiveness with clients as mental health professionals continue on their own personal and professional growth paths. Rapid Core Healing, RCH, is a dual approach of psychotherapy that is composed of Emotional Mind Integration, EMI, and Family Constellations, FC. Yildiz has adopted a large humanistic philosophical stance in developing RCH in that it is largely person-centered and experiential, while also solution-focused, psychodynamic, and brief. Valeria interviews Yildiz Sithi. She is the author of Rapid Core Healing Pathways to Growth and Emotional Healing, using the unique dual approach of family constellations and emotional mind integration for personal and systemic health. Yildiz is the innovator and founder of Rapid Core Healing and Emotional Mind Integration that is presented in her book, Rapid Core Healing Pathways to Growth and Emotional Healing. Rapid Core Healing is a two-pronged approach developed to work with an issue from the systemic and personal biography aspects in a truly holistic and revolutionary manner for brief, deep, and effective interventions of disturbances, conflicts, and trauma. She is a psychotherapist, educator, change and transformation specialist, systemic family constellations practitioner, and trainer and speaker. Meet Yildiz at rapidcorehealing.com. Here is the interview with Yildiz Sithi. In your own words, who is Yildiz Seth? Yildiz Sethi, I am a woman who was born in England and I was born to a mixed family, um, Turkish father, English mother, eldest of seven children. And I always had an interest in, probably because I was born between races, between religions, um, in spirituality and culture and science and how things worked, actually. I've always had strong curiosity. So 
um, that kind of led me to becoming a science teacher, physics and chemistry for many years, because I had a really strong feeling that I wanted to help people realize who they were. Myself first, obviously, we have to start with ourselves. Um, and then I saw teaching as a way of, you know, enabling children like myself to realize themselves and become who they need to be. And then later in life, I went on holiday um, in, in Australia and met two Vedic astrologers in one week. And I'd never heard of Vedic astrology. And I came home absolutely enthralled and with a course and became totally obsessed. And within a year of that, I left my science teaching much to the horror of my family and my friends who thought I'd gone a bit crazy. And I became really involved in karmic cycles. And and that got me to the question of, well, what can we do about them? And that put me into therapy where I wanted to find the most effective ways of working to help people, not only with on-the-surface behavior, but really deeply at that karmic level. Um, how do you make those deep changes where we're not going around in karmic circles forever? You know, that there, there must be a way out is the way I, I saw it. And so that put me into counseling. Then I became a hypnotherapist, NLP practitioner. And then I was quite happy with all of that. And I eventually uh, was looking in a bookshop in Sydney one day when a little book seemed to jump out at me from the shelf, um, Acknowledging What Is by Bert Hellinger. I bought the book and took it home and was enthralled and said to myself, wow, you know, I would love to meet this person, experience Family Constellations, because he's the founder of Family Constellations. And then I kind of let it go. And then a couple of years later, we were in India, traveling through India on a, a trip, and we stopped at an ashram. And on the next day in that ashram, was a big sign in the center saying, Family Constellations, come and have a look. Uh-huh. Um, so I was just absolutely enthralled and we went and had a look and stayed for the three-day workshop and then stayed for the next for the next um, couple of weeks for training, my first family constellation training. We more or less abandoned our holiday and just did that. Okay. And uh, that was the first step into a totally new way of, of um, working, uh, which I have been using ever since that was 2005 and family constellations is a most amazing energetic psychotherapy psychodynamic going to the root cause that works briefly and quickly to get to those core issues and particularly works with generational or systemic problems um, and that was fantastic. So I did that for a long time. And then I realized there was another whole area that needed to be looked at as well, which was what is stored in our personal conscious and unconscious mind. Um, and that really led to many years of practice with clients, etc. until I came up with emotional mind integration. And then I put the two mm-hmm. together to make rapid core healing. 
Wow. So that's me. And so now I'm here in, in Tambourine Mountain, Queensland, Australia. And I hold my own private practice of sessions and also uh, training. And I work primarily online now because a lot of my clients are not local. Um, they are usually national and international um, for both. And um, that keeps me busy as I am right now. Yes, um, happily busy from what I see. Hap- happily busy. I love that. I mean, that. Apart, apart from all of that, I am a, I am a mother. I am a uh, wife. I am a, a grandmother. Um, so I have a very full life. Mm. Yes. yes, how wonderful. Yeah, this. Thank you so much. I said that off record. I want to thank you again for being open to life to this extent of going deeper into truth. That's how I, I see it. I see scientists and spiritual seekers, what they are doing is looking for truth. So they have that in common, clearly to me. A follow-up question from everything that you said that I wrote here, I have to ask you now, is about this idea of realizing knowing oneself. What is like to know, to realize oneself? To realize oneself, for me, is about being totally open with all that we are, and that's the very positive to the very possible negative, Um, not trying to shut away or push away the negative, Mm -hmm. rather look at what that's trying to tell us. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I think whenever we think we're too good to be so horrible, uh, we need to watch out, basically, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) because we we are just creatures, we're just human beings, and and it's up to us with our consciousness and our choices to... Mm -hmm navigate our life in the way we want Mm. but not by shutting out just by acknowledging that you know whenever I see people behaving badly or to my to my opinion anyway um I think wow it's probably me in the past life you know um Mm -hmm. it's like Mm. I can't judge them um Mm. probably they have to go through that to go to something else Mm. later you know Right. So that's kind of my bigger picture view, I guess. Um, and that helps a lot. Um, and also once you get to that point, you're not really critical of yourself. You're more of an observer of yourself. And, um, and of course, the first step is acceptance before you can finally love yourself. And that opens up the door to accepting and loving others, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, beautifully said. It's very clear to me. Yes. Wow. What's not to love about that? (laughs) So is that your idea of spirituality? To embracing what, who we are as a whole, or there is more to it? Spirit, certainly what you said is true, um, understanding who we are, but then understanding our oneness with family, with you know, culture with um, the earth, humanity, um, and then going beyond, right? Um, So it's a bigger picture of oneness for me um, where my little ego, if you like, or my 
you know, I'm, I'm sitting here in, in where I am, I am and do what I do, but I'm fully aware that even though I'm so passionate about what I do, it's probably really very small in the scheme of things, you know, in the scheme of the bigger picture of oneness, universal energy. I call uh, spirituality all that is, right? That's my, that's my, um, that's my catchphrase, I guess, because I don't like to call it God and I don't like to call it, uh, I don't have a name for it in, in a sense because it's, it's too, too big a thing to give it one name, basically. Mm. Um, and I write about that in another book I wrote, wrote actually called Stardust on the Spiritual Path, which yeah. kind of goes into all of that. But mm. my latest book, Rapid Core Healing, is more about I, I guess, you know, when people are struggling, and I've struggled a lot in my earlier years too, the question for me is, well, what is holding them back from being who they could, who they could be, who they um, have the potential to be, or just what is open, or stopping them from opening up into whatever they're meant to experience? And, and for me, you know, we're all on a spiritual path, whether we know it or not. Um, it's only people who are ready for those deeper opening up that seek people like me or you or anybody else out to, to go to that next step. So, yes, that's what I meant by it's, it's always possible to have a change. It's always possible to go to that next level of opening up. Mm. Yeah, that's another beautiful, insightful, powerful message. Um, yes, I love your your perspective on spirituality. That is one that connects with me profoundly, the interconnectedness of everything, universal energy, oneness. Yes. That's very much it for me. I guess I come from, let's say the body-mind comes from trauma, complex PTSD, wow, and who knows what else, illness. So I, my childhood was not easy and it really brought on a lot of unnecessary suffering. So I guess because my first kind of go-to without realizing healing path was a spiritual one, connected, feeling connected to the invisible world through nature, uh, the moon, the sky, the stars, animals, and, and plants. And that never left me. So when I was a child, that was my experience of being feeling connected. And then as a young teenager as well. And then I I just went deeper into it, trying to find out the nature of existence, the nature of being. And, and then I, I thought I, I had it. I finally realized what that was. And I, and I had this misconception that once I realized what it was, not who it was, then, then everything would go away. The pain would go away. Then the body, mind would be healed. It didn't happen. So talk to me from that perspective for a moment. I know you mentioned your, your book, Stardust on the Spiritual Path. So that book touched very much into the spiritual aspect of being, of healing. And then your latest book. I know you wrote another book too called Be Rich in Spiritual. That's right. That's right. That's right. They're all, they're all different aspects of the same story, I guess. How to realize yourself, how to uh, un unpack I, I guess when it comes, it's one thing to have, and I absolutely agree with you, Valeria, that 
when you live a very conflicted, traumatized existence, particularly in childhood, and you also come from parents who also, you know, experience a lot of trauma in their own life as well. Um, you, you've got a double impact of trauma. You've got your personal trauma that you've experienced in your growing up or you're even in the womb. Um, and then you've also got the impact of the epigenetic trauma that comes through the generations as well. And so for me, it's about helping people, you know, it, it's what, and, and I agree with you that the first step when you come born into that kind of situation is to look for something to connect with, right? right. Because you don't yeah. have those connections within your immediate family. Right. And we all need love and connection mm. as a number one, number right. one, number two, love and connection. Right. And so if we don't get it in our original family, we look outside of that to the universe, to the stars, mm. to whatever. Yeah. Um, and we we usually find it, and it helps, of course mm. it does, yeah. but it doesn't solve the problem of the trauma because the trauma right. lies in the neural connections between the mind and the body, mm. and they affect everything, the way we look at life, the way we live our life. So, so this is why I have chosen to work the way I have in using family constellations for a generational trauma clearing, which um, I do frequently, in fact, almost in every session, and, and then also emotional mind integration, which is the other way I work in the personal uh, clearing. Now, it's not just clearing. Clearing sounds like I'm doing a Reiki or something. I'm not. Um, what I do is I always start with the symptom. So let's say somebody like yourself has, has had a difficult situation and and now even though they've got this bigger picture and they are connected with all that is or universal energy or whatever you want to say, there's still a sense of trauma, sadness, triggers, mm. uh, PTSD arising in daily life because it just takes a look, doesn't it, or a voice or a, a sudden mm. hint of a memory or something to come up and you're, you're back in there. So what I do is I work with those triggers and follow it back to the cause and then I've got a whole sequence of working uh, in emotional mind integration um, and family constellations where we actually um, come to a place where the person can find safety first because nobody's going to work unless they feel safe, right? Um, and then I help them find their justice, whatever that is, right, within, within the amygdala, right? Um, and then... Once we go through that, we go, then go through a place of integration with love and they come out the other end within a 60-minute session um, feeling that sense of dignity and autonomy, right, which then frees them up to be more who they need to be or who they are already. Um, and this is really how I'm working now. Um, and, and the way I... I I, I like it so much is that, you know, as a counsellor, I kind of was really disappointed actually with um, talk therapy and what the, um, what would you say, traditional ways of doing it um, 
gave us, which which was wonderful in the early days when Freud came out, you know, but here we are yeah. in 2024 still yeah. doing the same. It's like, yeah. oh, that's not, that's not good enough no. at all, you know. The, the conscious mind is only 7% of our consciousness, so why are we just focusing there when all the problems are way deeper? Um, so that's why I have... Uh, you know, wanted to find more effective ways of working. And that's, I guess, the scientist in me coming out um, in knowing there's a better way. There must be a better way. Um, And so I have just jumped out on my own and just done my own um, methodologies, uh, which are working amazingly for all the people that I see. Um, And the people I see, as you said, mentioned before, I think, are the people who have come to that point when they do not want to suffer anymore, they've come to that point of, you know, I will do anything now to make this change. You know, I, I've tried hundreds of different methodologies. I've meditated. I've done this. I've done that. And, you know, I've still got this nagging feeling inside or all this trigger that sets me off or my anger still comes up or whatever, you know. Um, so, so that's where I'm working um, at the moment. Yes. Oh, that's wonderful to know. And also that you train other professionals. Right? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Yes. And, and because I'm, I'm not that young, <laughs> right? Um, I am a grandmother and I'm not going to be here that long. And I really know I can only see many, so many people per week in sessions. But if I can train many more people, then you know, the, the, a better way of working for the 21st century can can start to take root, uh, can start to spread and become normalised. And people have an option then of, of going to somewhere much deeper and faster and quicker um, or carrying on doing therapy for years and years and years and years, which I actually don't agree with. I think it's actually another hook and um, it doesn't necessarily help that much. Yeah. <sighs> How wonderful. Yeah, I love your intention. I love your mission, right? Just leaving this work here for generations to come. That's right. And making also mental health professionals aware that there's more ways to help people to heal. That's Mm. right. I love that too. So I want to mention again that your book, the latest one that we um, will be discussing today is Rapid Core Healing Pathways to Growth and Emotional Healing, using the unique dual approach of family constellations and emotional mind integration for personal and systematic health. So this is the title. I'll have the link on the podcast notes. So I want to go back again to the three modalities, rapid core healing, emotional mind integration. So you have created those two methods. Yes, and then that's you com- correct. You combine that with family constellations. Yes, I do. And anyone can use this, right? You know, there's health professionals that can integrate these modalities into whatever they, they have now, what they're using now. Um, not, not really, not really. They are so different to anything that is out there in the traditional methodologies. Um, even though I have a master of counseling and I've been a, a trainer or educator of counselors for eight years, um, post my school teaching, um, I never use my traditional methods anymore because these methods have just taken over my life. And, and my students or trainees who come through me 
might be psychologists or you know have gestalt therapy or very various other particular methodologies who who kind of think oh yeah I can integrate this into what I do already uh, but actually it doesn't work that way because um, these are so different and if you actually just go with the flow of these new methodologies people heal very quickly um, and and also so so in other words yes you know you obviously it's always good to have knowledge and counseling skills sitting there in the background it's it's a good bedrock isn't it to to rest on um and it's also what clients are looking for because they don't know what else to look for but then if you offer them a way of going to the core of what's happening and, and so that by the end of the one session we've cleared a complete neural pathway and they've integrated it all within the session and they walk out feeling fantastic, feeling love for themselves, then why would you want to go back to what you normally did, which probably gave you nowhere near those kind of results, right? Um, so, yes, I guess I'm being a bit revolutionary here in a sense, but um, and it's probably only people, uh, you know, practitioners themselves who are also at the end of their tether thinking, well, okay, I really want to make a difference in a more effective way that will come to me as well, right? Um, You know, uh, it's not just a tool you put in your little back pocket and pick out whenever you want because it's a way of thinking. It's a philosophy. It comes from philosophy and then comes the practice and the techniques as well. And if you follow them, um, certainly you put your own stamp of experience on it. Of course you do. And your own personality, of course. But the actual techniques and the way of working is is very full, very big in itself, right? Um, it's not just a little idea. It's a very it's a whole way of thinking and being and doing. Um, and people who become engrossed in this find it so effective. They they just keep going with it. You know, yeah, <laughs> why would you right. let something go if if it's mm. you know? If, if it's getting you fantastic results. You know. Yes. Thank you for the clarification. And you are coming from experience, so you know. Yes. So the question that comes to mind initially is, how do you use these methods? Do you choose one over the other to start with? Or you integrate all of them? You kind of use... Yeah, them. they're all integrated. Uh-huh. So um, mm-hmm. people can come to me and they can do family consolations, training, complete. That's fine. No problem. If that's all they want to do, they do that and they go away very happy. Some people come to me who want to do emotional mind integration complete, walk away happy, that's fine. Uh, But then most people really realize the value of each of them and want to join them together, right, into a more integrated approach, which is rapid core healing. And how I know is it's very much client-centered. The client shows me what needs to happen. So, for example, if we follow a neural pathway and it lands in the middle of a family system, you know, a, a big row or somebody had been beaten up or, you know, even abused, um, it's like, okay, this is, this is a mixture of family constellations and emotional mind integration to resolve the trauma of it, right? So I use them both within the same session. 
In other situations, it might go to an accident, let's say a car accident where it was horrible, uh, in which case I would use emotional mind integration because it's locked in their personal unconscious mind. Um, other times it's about relationships that they keep picking the wrong kind of partner or, um, you know, uh, keep going into the same situations. That's a family constellation issue. And we end up going right back to where that started. And often it's a follow-on from father's life or mother's life or grandmother or great-grandmother or whatever. So, so the actual processes themselves lead me to go where the client needs to go. I'm following the client's yeah. neural pathways to where it started, right? So um, it's not a matter of, okay, I'm going to do a family constellation on this person or an EMI or a replica. It's like, what are your, what is your problem? What is your symptom? Okay, let's just start there and let's see where it goes, right? So I'm working phenomenologically, mm. right? Mm. Um, and that means putting aside my ego <laughs> and my my belief that I know what's wrong with you or anybody uh, and just using the neural pathways of the client to track back to where it actually started. And I never know where it's going to start. Sometimes I think in my mind, oh, I think it's probably this and it Nine times out of ten, it goes in a totally different direction, right? Yes. Um, so, so that's fine. I mean, that's just the nature of it. And by the way, I never call myself a healer uh, because the way I work is facilitating self-healing in the client, mm. right? Yeah. That's really the way it goes for me. Wow. Ah, what's not to love about that? I have to say that again. Yes. Following the flow of what it's needed. So you're not trying to change anything in a sense of in a linear way. Ah, that's really wonderful. And it sounds very spiritual to me. It is very spiritual. It's always spiritual. Even for people who are not particularly spiritual themselves. Right. Um, you know, by the time they've done the process that they're opened up to some to the next phase of who they are. Yes. How wonderful. So these methods are um, tailored or can they be used by anyone, applied on anyone with any kind of trauma history? Yes, absolutely. Look, the the other thing I found through my 24 years of private practice um, is that, okay, you've got trauma and you've got PTSD, and you've got sexual abuse, sexual assault, you know, war trauma, etc. So that is full-on trauma. We know that. Right. But I also found that somebody who came to me with depression, for example, um, or anxiety, or panic attacks, or low self-esteem, if you track that back to where it started, it's nearly always a traumatic situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they're being right. spanked by dad or right. they're being told they'll never amount to anything or, mm-hmm. you know, um, which to a child is, is a scary situation, you know, or they're, or they're being told they're not good enough or whatever. And, and so trauma for me starts with a small T going to a big T, right, along a continuum. So I work with everyone, whether it's a mental health issue or, you know, they know it's a trauma, let's say, we work there too. 
I never get them, by the way, to unpack their story ever. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. If they they yeah. know they've been raped or something horrible, I yeah. never do. Um, I just say, well, what are the symptoms of that? Oh, the flashbacks or the, the, the panicky feeling I get in my chest or, okay, we'll go with that. Let's go back. And we do it. I use it. I, I work subliminally. Um, I don't work with talk therapy, so I always relax the person mm-hmm. um, and put them in a very light hypnotic trance before right. we go in to do the work. Um, and, of course, before they, we can get to that point, we have to have reached a sense of, um, what would you say, rapport or uh, comfort for the client that they trust me, that they, they feel safe with me. Uh, before we can go to that next step of um, going down deeply. And I, I let them know that I'm with them every step of the way and I don't put them in a deep trance so they can keep talking to me all the way through. Right. And if there's anything not right, I can alter it. Right? So right. that makes such a big difference in terms of rapport and trust. Yes. And um, we're unable then to follow wherever they need to go and help them sort it out, find a solution, find their justice, find the new perspective, mm. um, give back all the rubbish <laughs> that uh. they've been carrying, if you like, to the appropriate people, etc., etc. So, so it, it works for a wide range from mental health, trauma, relationships, personal development. Right. So that's wonderful to know. And I love the the piece that the client doesn't have to go back to the story, go back no, to no the memories. No way. That re-traumatized, that re-traumatized. I remember as a young counsellor, before I d- developed all these methodologies and following counselling uh, protocol, if you like, you know, getting the person to tell their story. And I remember that night waking up, having a nightmare, thinking it was happening to me, right? Uh, vicarious trauma. Counselors often experience vicarious trauma because they are listening to all this awful stuff coming all the time. I never have to listen to a bad story ever again. Right? <laughs> yes. Because, yes. Um, you know, yeah. I set it up in a certain way where the person needs to do what they need to do. They come out feeling really good and um, they don't have to think about it anymore. When I see them again, how is, how is that going? No. What, what do you mean? Oh, oh it's gone, yeah. They, they, well, once it's completely gone, it's so gone, it's in the background, huh. and they move on. Yeah. Yes, wow. I love that too. And so you access the subconscious and the unconscious mind with this process, the process. Well, I, I, hardly ever, I hardly ever think about the conscious mind, to be honest, uh, apart from getting from them what their symptoms, you know, that feeling of... Um, whatever you know that they want to don't want to feel anymore or experience anymore, and and then once we've got that in the in the interview in the first part of the process, then after that I say okay you're ready to start, and then we do start, and um I put them into a light trance pretty much straight away, and and then we go from there. Yeah. Okay. There's something that you said in your book, you say, in these approaches, meaning rapid core healing, emotional mind integration and family constellations, yeah. you say there is a belief that solutions can be found 
for yes. for the most part. But yes. what is the solution, you ask? And then you say, in this approach, a solution might be to acknowledge what cannot be changed. Yes, absolutely. So that caught my attention because, you know, we usually we are, we are trying to change something when we think about healing. But this is very refreshing. So talk to me for a moment about acceptance of what can be, cannot be changed. Yes, okay. A lot of people, um, I'll just give you an example. It's easy mm. to talk and an example for them to talk yeah. abstractly. Everybody has an idea of other people coming from good families, you know, easy families, uh, well-adjusted families. I've been in this work now for 24 years and I've never yet come across a really fully, fully functional, healthy family, right? Okay, so, so the nature of human beings is the chaos that we're born into. So starting with that, I guess accepting who you are must start with accepting your dad as he is or was and your mother as he is or was and also grandparents and great-grandparents and so on all the way back. Now, acceptance doesn't mean I agree with what you do. It means I agree that you are as you are. If I can't accept you, then I can't accept me. Right? So once we resolve the trauma that's happened between those parties for you, and this is all internally for the client, then it comes to a point where, okay, I don't have to blame you anymore. I can just accept you for who you are because you are also living your own trauma too. Um, and I take the love that came through that family system because there's always love there too, right? Even in a difficult situation, even in the mother or father who are not very present or angry or violent or whatever. At their heart, they never wanted to be this way. Now, if we say to ourselves, I never want to be like you, then you have pretty much shut down the love that's coming through the system towards you. And also mm-hmm. your soul will say, uh-uh, you're worthy, you're not allowed to reject where you come from. You're not allowed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that then comes up in me and it comes out in the way I treat my children too. Right. Or deny, stop having, don't have children because I don't think I can, yeah. <laughs> can manage with all my trauma. Yeah. So, so it's like, Mm. So acceptance is some things we can't change. If we're already here, then we are fated or we had a destiny with that particular family for some reason. Right? Mm-hmm. And perhaps the reason is about growth and healing and acceptance. I don't know. I mean, everybody's mm. going to be different, of course. Um, but the first step in any healing process is accepting who you are by accepting your family as they are. Now, this is particularly hard in domestic violence or in sexual abuse or any other abusive situation. Um, But that is part of our spiritual path and part of our, our need for healing. And that's the power of family constellations can help people come to that place relatively quickly, honestly, you know, a couple of sessions, really, two or three max. Um, you can come to such a different place with the people that 
brought you into life. Um, so because even if it was painful and awful, um, you're here because of them, right? And you're here because you know, they gave birth to you and you know, gave you food, hopefully, and looked after you. Even if it was very rudimentary, um, you've got to be a woman, you've got to be a man, you've got to have all these possibilities. Now let's just resolve the trauma that stops you from really realising yourself in a fuller way. So, yes, it starts with the original family and then once once that is in a better place, then we're looking at yourself and coming to that place of accepting yourself as you are, you know, but you can't really do that if you're still not accepting mm. mom or dad or somebody mm. else on that line. Wow, that's amazing. I never actually thought it that way, but I never had children and there was nothing wrong with my body. Biologically, I was okay, but I never, I never got pregnant. So I'm wondering if that had to do with not accepting my parents. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. It, it feels like now that you're listening to you, it's just coming back to me that, ha. Huh, how interesting because I never rejected the idea of having children, but I never I couldn't yeah. the body couldn't do it. Yeah. How interesting. Yeah. yeah. So there's something else that you talk in your book, amnesia, you say the mind has a way of protecting itself from pain and from what it is not ready to experience in terms That's of right. trauma. Oh, I'd love to hear more about this too, Ildis. Well, a lot of people who have well trauma whether it's a you know an incident in childhood or, or something that happens in your adult life, trauma is so horrifying, you know, that the mind is the quick the fight and flight response response comes up uh, just to get you safe to, to either freeze or run away or, or fight or whatever you need to do, but then it often closes down that memory completely into the unconscious mind, the amygdala, right? And often we get on, but we feel numb, right? The, the, the numbness means there's a shutdown in all the chakras, in all the parts of the body and mind. And the numbness then, but, but it means you can carry on. You don't need to feel, you can still go to work, you can still make the dinner, you can still do whatever you need to do, right? Um, but you're not living fully, you're, you're shut down. And then often um, that shutting down will stay there for a very long time until you're in a safer place and then the little triggers start coming up, the flashbacks or the memories or the smells or whatever it is. And, and you get, oh, my God, yeah, oh, right, that happened, right, the panic attack and the anxiety and all of that. So, so trauma happens, but the mind and the body is very well equipped to shut us down, to get through it, to a safe place. And then only when and if we're in a really safe place does it start to come up again. Or we get a repeat of a similar situation. So, for example, a certain, you know, a certain man or a certain smell or a certain voice or whatever triggers you back to what happened back then. Um, 
So trauma may lie inside somebody for 20 years, 30 years before it starts to come up, you know. Um, it's it's not so unusual. It's it's more unusual that it happens straight away after an event, right? Um, because, you know, we do need to protect ourselves. And when we're young, it's just the way of getting through. It's a way of adapting, isn't it, to, to survival. Um, I, I remember a case I had of a lady uh, who came to me in her, she might have been 40s or 50s, and she had three children in her earlier life. And and that was in her mid-20s to 30s. And her third child died in a pool, in a swimming pool, drowning, right, in her back garden. Okay, tragic, tragic, tragic. She went through, She of course she cried, of course she was upset, of course, of course, all of that. But she got on with her life. She looked after her other two children. She you know, she was a, a wife, she was she got to work, she did all lots of lots of stuff. And then she came to me in her forties or fifties and said, Why am I getting all these flashbacks now of my poor little baby boy in the pool? You know, why? Because she the trauma had been successful, hadn't it, in mm. being repressed so she could get on with life mm. and now she had to deal with it, right? Um wow. So that's kind yeah. of how it works, yeah. Yeah, it, it, that makes a lot of sense to me. So would you say that, um, I think you mentioned now, but please correct me if I didn't understand that clearly. So those repressed traumas, the, those memories, they stay within the unconscious mind. In the unconscious mind and body, right? Ah, it's, in the body too. You no, know, right, right, right. our mind is not isolated from our body. It's all mm. joined up by neural networks going through everything isn't it so you find sometimes it's resting in your chest or sometimes it's resting in your belly or sometimes Mm. on our shoulders in our throat you know in our eyes you know Mm. you know i've had people having it in their fingers or or in their feet you know Um, so it rests somewhere right and and i believe that trauma wherever it rests is the the cause then of physical illness as well Right? Ah, yes. You understand? So, so the emotional trauma or the energy of the emotional trauma sits somewhere and it's so disturbing and disturbed that it kind of can cause, you know, the cancer or, or, or the something or the whatever it is it's happening in your body, right? Um, and so by releasing trauma, and I'm not, I never say to people, I can cure your cancer ever, right? I'm not so silly to say that. Um, but it's like, well, look, let's release the trauma of it and let's see what happens, right? Because if you're going to a natural therapist or you're doing all the things you need to do to look after the physical body, if we can unlock the emotional component of it, you know, or the trauma of it, then surely whatever you're doing to look after yourself is a lot easier, right? Um, and often people do recover quite nicely. So, um, but I don't like to promise that, honestly, because I can't know. It's all about self-healing, isn't it? So um, I can't know what their soul needs to do, you know, um, on a deeper level. Yeah, 
You see, I also, um, I love how you connect everything back to universal wisdom. So you talk Absolutely. about, you know, you're using spiritual terms. So, um, so I mean, what's not to love about that? We do need to see humans as wholeness, as one whole integrated unit that's not separate. We are not Absolutely. only pieces, Absolutely. right, Ildis? Absolutely. Ah. The mind is definitely not separate from the body. Right. I love the way you said that just now. And I remember talking to somebody here who said that. Yeah, the body, when we were talking about the unconscious mind, she said the body represents that very much. Yeah, that's right. The the body shows it all, to be honest. And the subconscious mind would be what is easily detected, per se. It's uh, more kind of it's easier to know what's happening at the level of the subconscious because it's we it's easier to access in a way you know, this in yeah, the unconscious. Look, if you're skilled at accessing it's incredibly easy to access. I can get mm. somebody into an unconscious trance within the first uh, wow. <laughs> five minutes of, of, yeah. of starting. Well not even five minutes, a minute or two, you know, yeah. we're almost there. And it's like, well, it's a very easy thing to access, but I don't like people to know how to open up the subconscious mind unless they also have the skills to know how to process what's going to come up, right? It's actually very dangerous, I believe, to be opening up um, stuff from the subconscious mind unless you're skilled to know how to process what comes up and and as as i've said to you before i never quite know what's going to come up so i need to make sure my skill sets are really present to be able to adapt them to whatever this particular person is going to um allow to come up at that moment right uh, um i love what you do i mean i had no idea until i talked to you now <laughs> how you connect everything. That's really a wonderful thing. And I'm seeing that more and more. I talk to a lot of therapists, psychologists, all kinds of mental health professionals. And I see that now more than ever, this integration of seeing a person, a human being as connected to everything else. Nah, the body, mind, heart, and spirit or soul. So that is such a wonderful thing. Thank you so much, Ildis, for being you, for being open to life, for doing what you do. It's very much needed. Thank you. We're almost at the end. I do have a few more questions for you, the ending questions, but I want to mention the uh, the services that you offer. So I went on your website. So you offer rapid core healing. They are called RCH sessions. So there's the same services available. So RCH, rapid Core Healing, Family Constellations, and EMI, Family Constellations Workshops, that too. Trauma-informed treatments and trauma-informed training, which is wonderful to know. So you offered the International Online Certificate Training in Practical Trauma-Informed Treatment, PTIT, with Rapid Core Healing. So I have, I'm just reading here from my notes. Did I miss anything, Ildis? No, that's, that's fine. And the training is practical trauma-informed treatment, but it is actually rapid core healing, right? Because rapid core healing itself does all of that. Ah, so, yeah. um, and I, I noticed there's a lot of trauma-informed 
counseling or psychotherapy around at the moment. Uh, but I don't know that there's much around fast, effective trauma processing, right? Um, which is really what I am advocating at the moment and pushing forward because it's what you know, it's one thing to talk about something and manage the symptoms, it's another thing altogether to help them resolve it quickly, you know, um, literally one, two, three, four sessions maximum, right, is complete. Um, so that's really what I'm offering. And all of my services are online as well. Ah, yeah, that's wonderful to know. So the name is so just... Ex- yeah. The name, the, your website's a perfect fit for what you do, Rabbit rapidcorehealing.com. So that's the website as well. And I'll have on the podcast notes, I'll have the website there clickable. So it's easy to just go to the page and also your books. I have uh, the book that we talked today about rapid core healing pathways to growth in emotional healing. This book will be linked on the podcast notes as well. So at the end, I do have the ending questions for you, Ildis, but before I ask you my, my ending question, would you like to add anything else or read a passage in your book? It's never too late to heal from the past and grow into the present with acceptance and love. Mm. Ah, yes. <laughs> ah, that's a, that's a beautiful message in, in a way summarizes everything. Wow. Yes. I, my ending question will probably include that too. <laughs> Your answer will, will have some of the, that perfume. So let me ask you this one that I usually ask everyone. What three experiences you wish everyone to have before they die? To embrace themselves as part of the system, to see what that has given them, and to embrace themselves and share it with others. Yes. Thank you so much, this again, for your presence in our reality, in our shared reality, for being open to life, your own healing and passing that on and going deeper into it. <laughs> That's what I love the most. Not ending anywhere, stopping anywhere, but constantly being open to learn, being curious. So thank you so much for being you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Valeria. Thank you. Take good care and we'll talk soon. We'll be in touch again. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Yildiz Sithi and her work, please visit rapidcorehealing.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.